Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. The Avalanche's Nathan McKinnon signs the richest deal in NHL history. How will his new deal impact the stars and teams around the National Hockey League? Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco along with Chris Golick here in Las Vegas, the city of the WNBA champion, Las Vegas Aces. Great celebration last night. Uh, Chris Golick, uh, he is at TD Chris G on Twitter. I am at Tony Dasco. And make sure that you please subscribe to Lockdown VGK on YouTube, where we're getting all sorts of fan notifications. It's awesome. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate all of the nice comments you're making about me personally. Chris, uh, right now, the NHL. Not anything yet. Okay. Not I was just yet. waiting. <laughs> I'll throw it out there. Don't worry. <laughs> right now, I wanted to be first, you know, here to. Get all first, as they say in boxing, right? Uh, right now, uh, the NHL salary cap is set at $82.5 million for the upcoming season. And that is up a $1 million from last uh, year, from last season. Still not competitive when you look at things in the grand scheme of things. Uh, as far as not competitive compared to other salaries in other major sports and salary caps, if they even have them in some other major sports. And Nate McKinnon yesterday signed a reported deal, uh, an eight-year contract. He gets term. Um, it's over $100 million, $100.8 million. A- AAV was 12 and a half or $12.6 million, I should say. Yes, he does deserve this kind of salary, this kind of money. He comes off of that seven-year contract. And on the heels of that, the eight-year contract will kick in at the end of 2023. I, you know, I feel this could be some sort of a dangerous precedent if you put more or less all your eggs into one basket, right? And how can you pay other players outside of your top six if you have salaries like this? Uh, I guess, you know, we, we saw where uh, McKinnon um, – you know, came out and you had some notes um, and, and, and McDavid, Connor McDavid, too. Um, he signed a twelve and a half million dollar contract. That's that's where he's at. So a little one upmanship, if you will. So McKinnon comes in at twelve point six. But is this a dangerous precedent to pay just one of your players a bulk of your salary? Um, what, a little over 10, I mean, close to. 10, over 10%, right, of, of what your salary cap might be. Oh, uh, yeah, it's probably closer to about 15 when the dust settles 15. without yeah. pulling the calculator out. Um, so, again, you can you can see half of my uh, Marc-Andre Fleury back there with the Blackhawks colors. Um, that's my original, you know, love and stuff like that. And the Blackhawks, I think, were one of the teams to, you know, kind of start this path. You looked at uh, the contract at the time of Kane, Taves, uh, Seabrook, Duncan Keith, and even Marion Hosa there. And the Blackhawks found a way to, whether it was using uh, what is now the Patrick Kane rule, which 
also famously the Golden Knights tried to use last year with Mark Stone. Um, that rule being where a player is on LTIR will not count against them in the playoffs. Um, so there's a lot of creativity that needs to be done. And the Blackhawks, for a long period of time, were able to rattle off three Stanley Cups in a period of six or seven years while having a lot of that money on the top end. But I don't think any one of those players is or was at the time over a $10 million player. And also at that time, to be fair, the salary cap, I think, was lower than what it is now. So maybe the cap gymnastics were very similar with the Blackhawks then to what Colorado is about to experience with McKinnon. Um, Is it putting all your eggs in one basket, as you state? It's putting a lot of the eggs in the basket, no, no doubt about that. And well, that's one of the reasons Nazim Kadri could not return to Colorado because McKinnon was going to get paid more. Um, I don't have a reference to cite here, but I don't know if it was either during a broadcast, a Twitter, you know, from someone notable. But I thought McKinnon was pretty much on record saying he didn't necessarily want to be the highest paid player in hockey. Just, you know, his fair wage, you know, sort of speak, however you want to interpret that. So the fact that he did get this contract is a little bit interesting. I think he's at the point now where maybe he's trying to make up for his previous contract, which certainly was not uh, not necessarily as equitable to him as this one is now. As far as what this means for the league and stuff, this is where it gets kind of interesting. And it's the mix of doing what's best for your current team, because the more you get paid, the less money someone else can get paid. And also your responsibility to the rest of the players in the league. Every time someone gets you know paid, it goes into that average pool and all the players are looking around at that. If McKinnon took $9 million just to give a hometown discount, now all of a sudden another player who is in that level or knocking on that door, their financial impact, they are financially impacted by that contract in a negative fashion if he doesn't take as much money. So it, the whole thing is very odd and interesting and, I think this is going to make it very tough for Colorado to remain that powerhouse for a long period of time. So back in the early 2000s, right, uh, most of the good teams had uh, the highest paid players because you used to be able to spend whatever general manager wanted to spend. Like you're talking about, you know, your Blackhawks back in the day. And uh, right now, you know, you have to get the feeling if you are paying uh, players this amount of money you can't have as much depth you cannot have as much quality depth on a team it just can't happen and again i have to point to uh to the top six and just keep in mind as well that under the current salary cap structure and the cba that they signed you can't have a player uh make more than i think the cap limit is 20 percent of the cap so you okay. can the most you can make is is 20 percent Okay, that, that's a lot of money, but yeah. Um, the Blackhawks, just a, a slight correction before uh, someone uh, crushes my partner, Anchorman Tony here. <laughs> Anchorman, oh, you like that? There it is. I like that. Um, before oh, someone oh. crushes you with that, Tony, um, the Blackhawks, I think that was the around the start of the salary cap era, which makes what they did extremely remarkable during that time and the work of the general manager and, you know, supports from the ownership and such like that. So, And now you look at, you know, let's look at Tampa for a second and what they've done. They do have a lot of top end talent. Obviously, Kucherev gets paid pretty well and and Stamkos and Hedman and we can go on Vasilevsky as well. So there are ways to find quality, you know, support players, if you will, after your top tier talents. Uh, You know, going back to the, the first VGK unsustainable model, 
they didn't have that top end talent. I mean, they had James Neal at the time in year one, which I guess you can kind of put in that category. And of course, William Carlson, who could forget, at least based on his goals, not his AVV at their AAV at the time. Now it's his AAV and not his goals, which is probably a bigger problem, but we'll talk about that on another show, I'm sure. Um, and now the Golden Knights, they're certainly, they're, they're trying their hand at this, um, at this poker game of, uh, having high salaries and then having the right blend of, uh, you know, bottom six type players and such. And, you know, that's one of the reasons Phil Kessel, that lottery ticket was a scratch for Phil Kessel, Kino ticket, Kino ticket. Lottery is illegal. I'm sorry. Why we got that Kino ticket, why we got that dollar 10 spotter over at stations trying to hit that million dollar jackpot. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun watching all this work out. I'm, I think McKinnon deserves to get paid. I think he did the right thing in getting paid for, you know, for himself. And his last contract was $6.8 million. I was just looking at that while you were talking earlier. So if you average all that out, it's all going to work out just fine for McKinnon. Okay, reading off of my Anchorman teleprompter here. Uh, remember all those free agents, Chris, that uh, were out there in the offseason? Uh, just... Something that I found was that there were 13 contracts that were signed, including McKinnon's now, uh, where you had the structure of those contracts for six or more seasons. So 13 contracts at six or more. So you have term, but also among those 13, uh, a lot of those, uh, the AAV for those 13 contracts over six years, AAV was over $6 million. So they're getting term, they're getting length, and they're starting to pay in that. I, I think sometimes, you know, when I think in hockey terms, I, I feel that a $10 million contract is an awful lot, right? And now we're at 12 and a half. Will they go up to that 20% threshold? Is anyone worth the 20%? Is any player worth twenty percent? I mean, if I'm Love only guy, gonna yeah. if I'm only gonna value them as their talent, I mean Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, you know, then Nathan McKinnon right behind, and I'm sure I could probably go on and on. But are they worth that much as far as what the? Because we're talking basically what a sixteen, seventeen million dollar player, I think, by that math, if twenty percent is the limit for a singular player. Um, but if we're going to factor what that does to the team long term, that's where the problem comes. And for a while, there was like a way around this. I want to say like in the early 2000s where these players were signing like these 15-year contracts Correct. and things like that. So it lowered the AAV, but they still got paid. And then all they wanted to do was finding a way to trade the trade the remaining contract to like the Arizona Coyotes or something like that. I I think <laughs> is, is is Pavel Datsuk still a member of the Coyotes right now? I gotta I gotta check and see if he, he's still getting uh, that contract with the Coyotes or not. That's funny. Uh, he's got the Bobby Bonilla structured contract, and McKinnon just twenty seven years old. Um, what about rewarding some of the players based on what they've already done? Uh, rather than, I think, the current trend now, you know, when you go back and you look at salary caps and all that, they're paying a lot of money to players, to the younger players, right? And they're rolling the dice on the future for these younger players. I think that that's a growing trend that we have to keep an eye on when it comes to salary cap and structure in the National Hockey League. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, you definitely, um, I mean, just kind of a, not necessarily a, from the salary cap, but uh, Brad Marchand, just uh, speaking about younger players, he fired one across the bow to Montreal, basically um, 
some along the lines of, you know, young captains with not a certain amount of games, you know, being named to the captaincy, like right after Nick Suzuki got named, uh, former VGK, Nick Suzuki named uh, the captain up in Montreal. So just kind of a, another, yeah, exactly. Uh, just kind of another, um, you know, thread towards the younger players and stuff. But yeah, I mean, you know, at, at some point you got to gamble on these younger players because somebody is willing to. Somebody, some general manager is willing to take a shot in some of these younger players. And if you don't, I mean, especially the younger players, they're the ones who want the money the most. I mean, not as as a whole. Maybe there are some that think a little bit differently, but there are a lot of players looking at their first seven-figure contract ever. So, you know, if maybe they're only worth, you know, 1.2 or 1.3 as far as their output goes, but as they grow, it might get better, you know, then sure, they're going to look at that. And, you know, maybe not a, not a huge example, but, you know, Nick Wide thought that Nick Wide, you know, for, was a bit overpaid based on his outputs. But at what he might be, if he does become that 2022 goal scorer, which is probably where BGK views him, lines pending and, and obviously a, a lot more to that uh, than simply uh, dollars and cents. But, you know, if Nick Wah does put up, you know, 20-ish goals for a, a period of time, $3 million is a bargain. Um, I don't necessarily think that's sustainable. You know, Kelly McCrimmon quote, I don't think that's necessarily sustainable for Nick Wah, but I hope he proves me wrong. And uh, that one day I put that tweet about Nick Wah getting paid too much and I got crushed. I hope that uh, backfires against me and not everyone that disagreed with me. Okay, so I'm a horse player, and we have past performances in the daily racing form, okay? And that's how I make my bets, based on past performances. They are betting, in Vegas terminology on the come, to try to figure out if a player, uh, they're making a futures bet, right? In players, and in the future uh, of players now, more so than based on what they've done in the past, as you were saying. Uh, so the cap goes up just a million dollars this season, which, again, like it's a pinch. Yeah, comparatively speaking, it's not growing the way you feel it should be growing. Uh, when you look at, it's not proportionate to what we see in other leagues, for sure. Major sports. It's not a bad thing, Tony. But go ahead, I'll, I'll jump in in a second. Keep yeah, going. but the, so the salary cap they say will jump up exponentially in twenty three, twenty four, maybe by twenty five, and again. The salary cap, correct me if I'm wrong here, because I'm not really an expert in this field either, like everything else. Uh, it's based on revenue fluctuations. OK, so they are projecting that the revenues will be greater, higher. All they need is one really banger uh, TV deal that sets this league over the top where they can then take money and expand the salary cap. Right. Well, ESPN is not the place then because we know about ESPN's financial troubles. So I don't know how that's going to help the league long term. But um, and also not good broadcast. Okay, I understand. I understand. I understand. Um, I had a first point I was going to go, but I just want to jump in. You, you mentioned being a horse player. Uh, you ever bet Maywood? You ever bet the harness? The yeah, harness. So do you know what the trick is at Maywood? The trotters. The trotters. What what mm, you should bet? Pretty at much. Well, what I do is I bet. You know, horses that have that early speed because you're twice around the old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, Maywood, one, two, three, try box. Yeah. One, two, three, try box all day. Just go to the, <laughs> go to there at all 12, 13 races. One, I'm two, going. three, try box. Sit back and have a few and uh, enjoy it there. Um, so, back to the salary cap and comparing it to other leagues and such. Um, the NHL, if they can do this, I'm sure the NHLPA is going to fight this, you know, try to raise the salary cap more to get the players paid whenever the next uh, CBA comes up. But 
baseball is in a dangerous spot, especially with their attendance and their contracts right now. Angels, you got Otani and Trout, and you can't even be competitive into this stage of the year. Another uh, another story for another time. You'll do a crossover with the Angels team one of these days. Um, basketball. I mean, what does Steph Curry make? It's like forty million? It's some stupid number like that. And mm-hmm. I don't mind him getting that number because if he's not getting paid that 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 amount of money, it's going to the owners. So I'm okay with the players getting paid whatever they can. But at some point, folks, that bubble will pop, and then all of a sudden, the owners don't have money, the players don't get paid, and at some point, the fans and attendance struggle because the ticket prices get to this point where. You know, even the richest of the rich going to the Staples Center just say, F this, I'm done. That could certainly happen at some point. So I think hockey is doing it right as long as they can keep fighting off the NHLPA whenever the CBA comes to keep raising the cap because the NHL is in a good place, right? You look at the attendance in most of the arenas, things are going well. There's a few, you know, trouble spots, Buffalo being one, had to take a shot at the Sabres. But, you know, things are going well across the league as a whole. You look at, you know, the energy and excitement and financials that supports uh, the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. And things are in a good place with the NHL, and they can be for a really long time. But comparing uh, to basketball, you know, an $86 million salary, 82, 83, whatever it is, you know, in the next couple of years versus what happens in basketball – is a very interesting spot. And at some point, you know, there's going to be a big push and pull amongst the owners and the players to get a a higher salary cap. As long as they can keep the salary cap in a reasonable place, hockey will continue to grow the right way. If we get to the point where we start giving out these Steph Curry contracts or uh, Bobby Bonilla contracts, you know, obviously uh, taking into account inflation and such like that, that's when the game starts to head down a slippery slope. Okay, I'm going to share a story about salary a major salary. You talked about Steph Curry, but this past summer uh, did an event. That's my business outside of whatever, being an anchorman, being an anchorman. Awesome. Uh, okay. So I get, uh, I'm just grabbing some food. We have this little activation going on, NBA players hanging out everywhere. And I'm going to grab my food outside of the main room and just go in the back, eat, and then get back to work, fix things, whatever we do. Right. All of a sudden, Damian Lillard says, I have a very important phone call to make. Very important. Can you just like leave this room in the back? No problem, Dame. You are Dame. You are Dame Dime. No problem whatsoever. Leave the room. Later that afternoon, I mean, he was like sweating bullets and he was a very important phone call. It's a, is it, yeah, it's cool, man. You don't have to like ask, just like run me over. I'm just a guy eating my lunch. Okay. So. Come to find out later that afternoon, it was leaked out, leaked out. Damian Lillard, two years, $122 million. If I didn't leave the room, it was never going to happen. It's never going to happen, Chris. That's, I mean, that's, an, I just looked up Steph Curry's contract while we were talking. It's actually in the same ballpark. I mean, that's, again, I'm for the players getting paid because if the players can afford to get paid that by the owner, the owner feels they're making enough money with the gate, with the revenue, with endorsements, with sponsorships. So I'm okay with that. But at some point, the bubble pops. And the NHL to date is doing a good job of trying to make sure that does not happen. As these Nathan McKinnon you know, contracts and stuff start happening, we get a little closer to that. And that could hurt the long-term longevity of the game. But right now, I think we're still in a safe place. Okay, and we know about VGK and their cap circumvention. That's what they're really good at. Roulette, roulette, roulette. It is roulette. 
to. Coming up next, in Las Vegas, is all that glitters gold? We'll talk about that after this. You're listening and watching Lockdown Golden Knights. BetOnline.net, your fastest, your easiest way to check in on all of your sports betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, for lines, for games. Find reviews and news for each and every league, including the National Hockey League starting up today. as uh, Teams now return to camp. Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you all covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back from Las Vegas. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick. And uh, thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Our podcasts are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel at LockedOnVGK. Tweet at us at LockedOnVGK as well. We've got uh, a lot of good comments in there, uh, better than we get on YouTube. So, Chris, I had a, a shot fired all day. Uh, so I wanted to uh, to talk, okay, the home jersey, and you are a season ticket holder for VGK and for Henderson, but let's talk about VGK for a moment. The new sweaters, the new home jersey will be gold. Mr. Blackwell, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with it. I actually, so the gold jerseys on the shelf, I wasn't a fan. The gold jerseys, even on TV, it, it kind of took a second, but... For me, the gold jerseys really set in once I saw them in person at T-Mobile Arena. Um, I think the the Circa sponsor looks good because it's got the kind of gold background, so it kind of blends in really well. And I'm all for it. Like, I'm all for everything that's Vegas, that's, you know, in lack of a better term, kind of making fun of itself at times for just being out there and things like that and going over the top and I mean, a gold jersey, gold helmets. I know you love that, Tony. And, and all of that stuff, whether they, they combine that for just to make everyone's, you know, just go go ballistic. It'd be awesome just to watch the social reactions if they did the gold on gold. But it, it's fun. You know, the pregame intro is fun and all the cheesiness is fun. And Blue Man Group working uh, work the crowd, you know, during intermission or between whistles. It, all that stuff is fun. And that's what makes uh, being in Vegas, you know, that's what makes Vegas, Vegas. And for the people that are all sour about the gold jerseys and things like that, you know, just relax, just loosen up a little bit. Enjoy yourself. Okay. Have, have a $16 uh, margarita. Well, no, probably more <laughs> than that. It's, I think it's 20, but yeah. Yeah. They need to lower some of those prices. Like we that's talked fair. about. No, that's like definitely Legion Stadium. Yeah. And they unveil those jerseys, I think in 2020. So it wasn't like from day one that we saw the gold jerseys here. Um, and, Oh, I've got to talk. You talked about the, uh, the gold buckets. Did you see where they have, uh, those shiny buckets for several teams now in NHL 2023. Have you seen that? NHL uh, no, I got I, I, I get that game every year and I haven't uh, had a chance to really check out the trailer yet, but that's the thing. Like, you know, the, those trailers and stuff, they leak like what the center ice images are going to be and some information about the jerseys and things like that. So it's fun. You know, it's fun. I don't know how it's going to come through on TV if you go uh, chrome on chrome or, or chrome on gold, so to speak. But we'll see. I think um, were the Kings the first team to officially do the chrome domes and then the no, Golden I Knights? Think, I think the Golden Knights were I thought first. I thought they warmed for an outdoor game. I thought the Kings warmed for like one of the stadium oh, series games or something oh, wow. like that against Anaheim. 
Yeah, I, but I now I, I think the Golden Knights wear them more frequently than the Kings. Oh, I, no, no, no doubt about that. And I would think the Silver Knights are probably, and again, this is just, I'm just shooting at the hip right now, but the Silver Knights, their home official helmet has been, you know, the Chrome Dome, so to speak. So, you know, it's it's fun. It's interesting. It, it, it's out there. And I like it. I like it. Uh, we had a question yesterday on Twitter that you might want to address. Uh, someone asked, and we know that you're a big Silver Knights fan and a season ticket uh, holder as well. Uh, how do you watch AHL games? How do you follow the Silver Knights? And I think that was a valid question yesterday. I mean, shout out Locked On. Get me some credentials and I can really follow them for you. Um, but going past there, um, AHL TV is the only way. You'll, you'll get some games that are picked up locally, um, what, Channel 8 or something like that. Uh, forgive me for not having a better answer than that. But some of the games are picked up on our local programming is the way to say that. Um, but AHL TV is the only way to consistently get to watch them. But, folks, I'll warn you, I'm, I'm not going to endorse AHL TV in the sense that don't expect to see what you see on, a- on AT&T for the, <laughs> for the Golden Knights. It's no different than what Tony said. It's no different than the one camera. You know, a lot of times you got a lot of this going on as they're following the play and things like that. And, you know, it's that, that rookie that, that's game. True. I'm still nauseous from not the rookie face. Center, no. I lost still, my center. This is going to drive me nuts. Look at this. I'm still nauseous from that. I'm so nauseous. I'm on like, AHL TV, folks. I, I couldn't okay, watch so, that. I couldn't watch. But that's I could how not a lot watch of the, the rookie face off. Yeah. That's how a lot of the broadcasts are. Now, here's something that is interesting about the broadcast that I actually kind of enjoy in some strange way. When it is between whistles, the cameras usually just go right to center ice or even during intermission. So you actually get an opportunity. They show like the Zambonis and stuff, you know, going across, for example. There's no sound or there's sound, but there's like no discussion or anything like that. But you get a chance to kind of see what they do between whistles with the fans and stuff, what their activations are, what their goofiness is, because it's basically the same camera that they sometimes show on on their local uh, Jumbotron and things like that. So from that perspective, it's interesting. From an entertainment perspective, if you want to sit down and really dial in and watch a hockey game, some of the broadcasts, you will have a team, you will have announcers and things like that, and it's not bad. You'll have actually, you know, two, three, four camera angles. But a good chunk of it is one camera at center, <clears throat> pardon me, at center ice. You hope you have an experienced camera person working it because a lot of times it looks like someone, and Tony, we, I think we've talked about this before, it looks like someone, you know, for their uh, high school um, AV team that's out there doing it on an internship at times, trying to keep up with the puck you don't get a good you know, view of shots coming from the point and things like that. It's kind of hard to see who scores and when, you know, so this is an opportunity that the AHL has to grow the game and, you know, it, but it costs money. And a lot of the AHL teams, they only draw a few thousand fans a game and the silver Knights, hopefully in their first full season at the dollar loan center will be on the upper, upper side of that. Um, so yeah, I mean, AHL TV is out there. It's not that expensive. I think it's less than a hundred bucks for the year. It could even be 30 or 40 bucks for the year or something like that. So if you want a taste of it, fine, but I don't know if it's the taste that, you know, expect McDonald's, not a good steakhouse as far as what, what kind of taste is going to be left in your mouth. Yeah, it's going to be with the stomach cool. problems. Uh, I, I think a lot of fans are excited about Henderson, you know, with all the prospects there and just it's going to be a lot of fun. Down it's going to be I think it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, fun on the farm. Yeah, it should be should be pretty good Fun on the farm. Ooh, that was good. Hey, what do you think about uh, the new logo? At center ice, again, gold is the focus here, folks. And uh, they set up a new logo, center ice logo for VGK 
unveiled it. We saw some pictures, renderings in the past over the summer. Nothing's a secret anymore. But they have this like funky font that I, I don't know that I could get used to. And it's supposed to maybe look like retro cool to where it's like a medieval medieval sort of a logo um, font. I don't know. Lukewarm. I want to see it in person before I make any determination on whether I like it or not. I'm literally looking at the tweet right now. They're showing their shots from Hyde. Okay, they're watering the they're watering <laughs> the concrete. Is it worth a video? I mean, Here it comes. Here it comes. Hold on, Tony. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I try to get a, a photo of it just I to see to the weird here. font. Yeah, I mean, okay. I mean, as long as it comes through on camera. So I, I thought it was either season two or season three. There was a lot of black, black paint around the center ice logo. So when you had the black jerseys going across, it was a very strange visual. So now the first thing I see, folks, our, our home jersey this year is that gold jersey. And uh, there's a lot of gold in the background of this. So I certainly hope it comes through on TV. And, you know, with the white and the gold, you have all those light colors coming together. Hopefully our uh, our high school AV team is that runs the AHL cameras is not the ones that, that are going to be uh, spinning the dials and trying to make this look good. But it looks fine. I mean, I, you know, my, my kid's really into looking at the center ice logos. He likes seeing it every year. He likes talking about it and processing and things like that. So once I show it to him, I think that's probably a better... Uh, Chris, you out there? Come here really fast. Hurry up. Corey Alley, too. Hold on, folks. We're in segment two. We're going to wing it already, folks. In segment two, we're going to wing it. Hurry up. Okay. I've got it while we're waiting for them. Uh, new to those jerseys, those gold jerseys. And otherwise, uh, this season, Chris, they're going to have the patches um, on, on the jerseys uh, this year. That's something that's new. And I they saw the going great right on the streets for sponsorship of those. Whew. Is yeah, price? yeah. It's Tom McKinnon got paid. All right, guys. So, what's your first reaction on the Center Ice logo for for T-Mobile? What do you think? Talk loud so the mic can. You like it? Yeah. Is it better than the other ones? Yeah. What do you think, Allie? Way better. You think it's way better? Yeah. Why? 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 Yeah. Why is I'm it better? Curious. Why? Because it's a different one that I've never seen before. Okay. It's a different one that she's never seen before. Chris, you married? You married the all black one a couple of years ago. Did you like that one? You like this one better? Mm-hmm. You like you like the one. gold better? Yeah, one of my favorite parts about starting the seasons is just seeing what the logo is on the ice. I just called that, Tony. I just told you that. See? That's awesome. I told you. He likes seeing the logos on the ice. That's what he's excited about. Cool. And there's training camp today. Very cool. And, and he just said there's training camp today. So <laughs> we're in the know. Yeah, it seriously is. Seriously, Dad. Seriously. Yeah, do they? Uh, is that font something that came out of the Crayola box? <laughs> I don't know, Tony. I don't know. It maybe uh, maybe on McKinnon's paycheck. Yeah, I guess they have the road uh, patches sold. I think that might be circa. Uh, but at home, well, home is circa. Home gold is circa. That was on like the upper deck cards I saw. Uh, not maybe from I'm what wrong? I gathered. Yeah, not from what I gathered. Oh, okay, all right. That might be the road. Maybe that like, was just like a visual they did. Yeah, for just a mock-up, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, but it's very, very pricey because that came across the desk, and I saw how much it is for sponsorship for that, and it's not cheap. No, coming, definitely not. Coming up next, we have a little trip down memory lane as PK Subban yesterday announced his retirement. Back with more after this on Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick, his kids live, not live. We're live now, but we are in Las Vegas. 
And uh, thanks so much for joining us as always and making us your first listen each and every day. Podcast free and available wherever you get your podcast. And please subscribe. He's got to put those kids through college to our YouTube channel. I got I got to pay for my kids hockey. Let's talk about that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We got to get into that someday and how expensive that is, you know, because I get no doubt I wanted stories. that. That's a that's a what the everyday, not just what the Friday, but go ahead. <laughs> what the everyday. OK, so. P.K. Subban retired yesterday, and we take a trip down memory lane because there is that one game that he played here in Las Vegas that is a memorable one in this long-lasting VGK history, P.K. Subban uh, and Pierre-Edward Belmar. So they were in front of the net. Subban took a shot on net. I think Flurry might have been in net that night. And then... Some chaos ensued after that because uh, Subban did a takedown from behind of Belmar, okay, in front of the crease. And then what happened after that is really bizarre because he fish hooked him. Well, yeah, he fish hooked him, okay. He bit him. <laughs> Pierre Edward Belmar bit the pinky uh, finger of PK Subban. Do you remember that game? You remember that night? Let's see. Can we get it? Can we get it? Okay. So that so. was the billboard that was right outside Thomas and Mac. Belmore, Belmore bit my finger and it really hurts. And a picture of Subban. And I could be wrong, but I thought the rumor has it. Belmore actually paid for that too, but that's no. uh, something I can try and. No, no, it wasn't. It was uh, Jonathan uh, from the local uh, bar group. Let me think about it here. Go okay. Ahead. Okay, good. That, that's news. I didn't know that, but yeah, either I way, had that, him on that, my radio awesome, show no too. Who did that. Um, yeah. 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 So just like thinking back about that, you know, Subban did something dumb that Subban does a lot of. And he basically in whatever scrum that happened, he, he fish hooked Belmare. He friggin' like, like fish hooked him. Yeah, so the, the owner of the, the uh, parkway taverns. Oh, that's cool. Big, yep. good, good. And, they didn't even put their name on the billboard. So props to that, I guess, for uh, putting that out there and getting people talking without putting their name out there. I, I, good, good marketing. That, that That's interesting. I, I like stuff like that. Um, but so he fish hooks them. And what do you, what is your reaction, Tony, if you're in a scrum and someone just starts doing that, you bite down, you bite down. That's, that's, that, that's not even like uh, something you think about. That's just the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to chop down. And then Belmere right away is crying like uh you know, Vander Holyfield when Tyson, you know, bit part of his ear off. Like, you know, you had that type Holyfield didn't have it coming, but Belmare had that one coming and he tried to make a big deal. And I do remember the post-game interviews and like a lot of times players try and, you know, they, they skirt the questions when something kind of controversial happens. They, you know, I haven't seen a replay yet, or I don't know, or it was a bang, bang play. Like, you know, they, they just blow it off and He's like, no, he stuck his finger in my mouth and I bit him. Like he owned the whole thing. And I think that's the best way to go because on a serious note, I'm sure the league will investigate or did investigate just to, you know, see what, why, when, and how, and all that stuff. And at some point, you know, Shanahan or uh, whoever um, uh, is in, in charge of, of uh, player safety. Now they're like, dude, you had it coming. <laughs> yeah. And then Ryan Reeves tried to clean up after that. Remember he goes after PK soon. Mm-hmm. But the crazy thing about that incident was that Malcolm Subban was still with the Golden Knights. So He's just sitting on the bench chatting with, um, with probably the trainer anyone. and turns around. He's like, I've seen this happen before. This is a uh, don't look at me, guys. This happens before. Go go kick his uh, blankety blank. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> but you know, PK Subban's doing a pretty good job now as an analyst. He's got a TV career ahead of him. I think they're no going to utilize him a lot more. It is Jonathan Fine. Sorry about that, Jonathan, but I was just spur of the moment here first. I'm glad I'm glad morning. you had that down. That's good. Yeah, and it's uh from he does have all the Parkway Taverns, uh PBR Rock Bar, all of those. Uh and he, I had him on my radio show and why he did that and just really clever and spur of the moment. But let's he get him back. Let's get him back there. on. That'd be fun. Let's get him on. Uh, <laughs> on why he did that, maybe on the anniversary when that comes up. Uh but uh, Nashville won that game. By the way, I think it was a two to one final, if I recall correctly. But it's pretty interesting. And so now we've got all these retirements. We've got the largest and richest deal, Nathan McKinnon. It's funny how they go up, you know, to 12.6 from McDavid's 12.5 million to make him the richest page. Yeah, you got to think like stuff like that. You know, I, I, I want to see the text that happened right after that between those two. I'm <laughs> sure like Connor McDavid really. And then, you know, is McKinnon an LOL? Does he type out LOL or does he type out LOL and then tap on the emoji for the smiley face? Let's, let's get a poll. What do you think? <laughs> That's funny. Oh, yeah, segment three, folks. Segment yeah. three. McDavid spending a lot of that money in the offseason on his girlfriend, I'm sure, trying to. Well, there's some videos that emerge where he might have more than one, but that's another story for another time. Chris, uh, again, you are off uh, the next couple of days here this week and the next week, and I'll be on on Friday. I don't know when, whatever, but I think we'll figure it out. We'll make it over with with the Colorado Avalanche, which will be interesting now. Good timing, Tony. Yeah, we're good on that. Other things, not so good. Being an anchor man on the show, not not so good. Do you want to explain what that means? (laughs) <laughs> folks it, it, comments on youtube it you know it, it, it's we enjoy the comments good bad or otherwise and Just spell my last name correctly for crying out loud i think you spell your first name wrong too but um you know just like it's this is fun what we do and i don't blast. take myself seriously tony sure as heck doesn't take himself seriously but we have fun and we do this for fun we get paid not even enough for a Starbucks a day. If you, for full disclosure on what this is worth to us, you know, we're taking our time out. We're having fun. If you want, you want to bash it fine, but you know, just understand why we're out here doing what we do. It's fun. If you like it, cool. If you don't cool, but either way, thank you for being here. From a man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco. Make sure that you listen to us first every day. Second, listen, lockdown NHL. See you again this week, right here on lockdown. Cold nights. Take care.